it's time. The stars have aligned. Two great worlds, left of straight and the queer-centric joining forces. You will never be the same. everybody welcome to a very special episode of the rainbow rundown i'm your host as always scott fullerton but joining me today as you can see on your screen we have a very special guest all the way from beautiful downtown tacoma we have johnny here from the queer centric podcast Yay. And website yes johnny how you doing today buddy i am good and actually th- i was born in tacoma but i'm in spokane but once i was oh. born in tacoma i was like i'm out i'm out here and if you've been to Tacoma, you know why. <laughs> there you go. But Spoke very excited. Better. Yes. <laughs> but very excited to be here because uh, not many people are brave enough to ask me to be on their show. <laughs> well, we've been following each other for a while on social yeah. media. And I've listened to your podcast. You've listened to mine. And you yep. are just fun. We're both, um, let's say, bearish of a certain age. Yes. And we have exactly. a little bit in common. So mm-hmm. it's like... I think we vibe very well together, Mr. Jones. I I completely agree. I very much enjoy your show. We like the same kind of people. We have similar humor sets, and so I think it's we need a lot more bears of a certain age. That's all I'm saying because we're we're pretty good. Exactly, <laughs> I think so. And uh, I'm so jealous. You guys do such great things for your community. I'm more. Okay entertainment based fluff and all the goofy stuff you guys talk about some serious subjects Um, you take your arts you've been in the arts community forever and you are really a part of the community as far as that goes so that's got to be pretty rewarding I would think it is very rewarding it is very exhausting it is but it's everything you want it to be and this is what I say people get to they're just here for the ride with me I just am so ADD I have so many interests and I want to support everything so we just bring the listeners with I love it. Well, like I said, I think you do great work. We we have very similar tastes. Yes. I love your studio vibe and your casualness, which I like to do. You have a Kurt. I don't have a Kurt. I'm very I jealous know. of that. You know what? You um, shouldn't be that jealous. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. I, having a team changes everything. It's the only reason we can be in the community and all that stuff. So if it wasn't for, you know, Daniel, the intern or Kurt, the producer, I would just take a nap all day and I probably should wait. Exactly. And Daniel's been on a journey. I'm loving following Daniel's journey. That's so exciting. Wait till you hear the next show because we take him on a lovely little, let's broaden your kink horizons journey. (laughs) Listen, it's getting real. It's getting real in here. I'm telling you, I told you off air, I brought some guests on the other day for the Multi-Amory podcast. Yes. That's a picture of my mom. I had to take it down. Oh. I pushed it down. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I mean, I don't talk about that stuff. Right? So, also, uh, I, we're of a certain age, and in my certain age, I'm like, I, I am so behind the times that I didn't know we went from polyamory to multi-amory. So I've got to catch up. I have to catch there you up. Go. Yes. I, I'm lucky to find one at a time, and I'm one of those jealous guys. Thank anyways. you. It's, yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Exactly. Uh, well, let's get into it. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. We have Pride Month happening. Um, this is going to air, I believe, right before Pride Month. So we're nice. doing this the uh, couple yep. days before. Exactly. Um, you are actually hosting your Pride on the 10th. How exciting is that for you and nerve-wracking? Right, and very, very honored. There's going to be about 62,000 people there, and that is 
that what an honor it is to to celebrate Spokane and for them to go, you know what? Well, well, I call myself a queerdo and I love it. <laughs> and uh, what an honor for them to trust the queerdo to stand on a stage for 10 hours. You know what I mean? But super excited. We have a, a Daniels running our street team and we just want to spread some good vibes. So, yeah, that'll be so much fun. I love that. And Pride is going to be so interesting because it's taken on that protest vibe again yeah. now that we have all these laws going everywhere. And right. for a while, we got to turn it into a bit of a celebration, but it's... Um, I know. I feel like it lasted a sneeze. Yeah, we got maybe... I feel like it may look like 10 years and people think that... That's not a lot. I'm just going to say. It's not a lot for rights, but yeah. So, I mean, now we're going back to what Pride originally was, which was stand up, speak out, be strong, you know? So... My very first episode in 2015 was three days after marriage equality passed. My first guest was one of the plaintiffs for that. Wow. I mean, it was exciting at the time and we had all this enthusiasm. Now this year it's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's terrifying. They had to come up with a whole plan of how to keep everybody safe at this year's Pride because we don't know. Last year there was a group called the Patriot front or something, I don't know, that tried to attack uh, a town's pride that's just maybe a half hour from us. So this year, you know, it's a sad, it's a sad, and we're going to talk about some things uh, today that just make you go, I, it makes me scratch my head and go, what? Why are we wasting energy? Right. You know, it doesn't make sense to me, but that's why you have people like us being loud and putting some words there out there. There you go. That's our job. We're, we're here to bring attention to it. And uh, if they don't mind listening to us, we're going we're gonna to share the news. And even if they do mind, we're going to share the news. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there's been, like you said, we have a couple of stories right off the bat of some things yeah. that are happening in L.A. and in yeah. the country in general. Why don't you start talking about... Uh, Dodgers Pride Night because that's been a basketball right ball back and forth. right exactly some sports thingy I don't know um, I will sports say ball. I've been back in the Northwest for a couple years but I was down in LA for about five years four or five years and so I remember Pride Night at Dodger Stadium it's a huge deal the LA Pride Center is gigantic I mean I went and saw my doctor there all the time they have a whole medical wing uh, this is a big deal and so they have Pride Night, and then the Dodgers, uh, they tend to give awards out before the game. Uh, They're going up against San Francisco, enter the name if you know it here, Uh, their team there. And what's fascinating is so they decided one of the groups they wanted to celebrate was the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which I remember my first Pride. You know, they are everywhere. Just this amazing, they're the nuns you'll see at these different cities with the white faces and the habits and everything. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Well, there was this huge backlash, mostly from uh, the conservative Catholic League, saying, how dare you? They're anti-religion, anti, and they're not any of these things, but in good form, just like a lot of the the conservative right, they are just saying what they say, which is these people are anti-religion, anti-this. They don't obviously understand the sisters very much. And so the Dodgers shockingly pull and say, we, we have to uninvite you. Which, listen, in the gay community, we all know you don't uninvite after you invite. That is a big faux pas, right? right? And so they did it. And so there's this big, I mean, even Ted Cruz got in on it. And that never good when he's in. Um, And so the L.A. Pride said, well, if you're going to do that, we're pulling all of our support 
of Dodgers. And Dodgers was like, oh, what are we going to do? And in the meantime, the mayor of Anaheim was like, you know what? Come down to Angel Stadium and you are welcome on Pride Night here. So we're shaming them. Um, and then, they, and it's a good thing we did. There, be, there came these huge meetings between Dodgers, the sisters, LA Pride, all of this to meet face to face. And the sisters felt like they had a, they had a chance to show who they really were because they feel like they were all these lies were being said. And I have to say, I am thrilled to say that just the other day, the Dodgers apologized formally, and reinvited the sisters, and the sisters in all their graciousness, we're like, you know what? It's, it's good. Thank you for reinviting us. We are more than happy, you know, cause I'm a spiteful bitch and I would have been like, <laughs> I'm not going, how dare you? But they're going LA pride has come back in. And you know what the best part of this is the haters lost. So <laughs> pride nights, the 16th of June, if you are in Los Angeles area, go, this should be a time to celebrate more than ever that thank God when we are being trampled across this country and losing left and right, to me, I count it as a win. So I'm so glad that it's back on because they're being honored for their charity work. The sisters do a lot of charity work. They were there. They started in 1979 to raise awareness and money for people who were dealing with this disease we dare not even speak of, AIDS. So they have been working their ass off. So I don't even mess with us, you Catholic conservatives. We ain't here for it. And wasn't it interesting that they only attacked one of the groups, even though it's Pride Night. So all of these awards right. to many, because they thought this would be the easy one to get a win off of. Well, listen, right. if we taught you anything when we won marriage equality, do not underestimate us. So Exactly. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, I mean, they are part of our pride. Like you said, 1979, 10 years, 11 years after Stonewall. I, mean, I it's, know. They're, they're the OG of pride, I guess, as the cool kids say these days. Right? And I always, I remember when I was a young, you know, preacher's kid, and I would see them before I was, you know, was able to come out on my own. I found them fascinating. I love the way they dress. And the they, it's an, it's uh, drag. Drag is an art form. I don't care who you are. You're liars if you say otherwise. Drag has been around forever. And the sisters know how to put it on and do great things and spread love. So I count this as a big win for us and something we should celebrate and shame on you Dodgers. Shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad they pulled their head out because they did do, it seems like a heartfelt apology. I mean, 10 years they've been doing this pride night yeah. without one problem. And yeah. all of a sudden you have a Catholic lead. And I think it was uh, Marco Rubio from Florida that said, yeah, pull it or something it's like what are we right they had them for? tom cruise marco rubia and you know what's even in, more interesting is the head of their marketing department for dodgers is a queer man of he's the reason why a lot of the pro lgbt things that happen in dodgers stadium get pushed forward so you know i'm sure he had some things to say behind the scenes you know, for he it. He had to because I think I think I remember that he even had his wedding in Dodger Stadium or a reception. Right. So it was a big deal at the time. So yeah. I I would maybe take twenty five seats. No, no one <laughs> needs no one needs a stadium if I'm getting married. But yeah, there I love go. it. I think it was a it's a great thing. But this is this is proof of why we have to continue to keep speaking out because they'll try to sneak these things under on us and we just can't afford to let that happen. So 
And I think one of the strongest statements that both of them said, both the sisters and the Dodgers, said that they have created this dialogue now where they're going to go to each other first instead of this just happening yes. in the press like it's been happening. Which I think is amazing. I mean, I do have to give the Dodgers credit for having the conversation instead of just going, I mean, because pride can get in the way and you can be, well, pride as in the, the emotion, can get in the way and you can just be like, hey, we said no and now we're going to talk. But I heard that it was a really really good meeting that it was a true conversation and i and it takes two organizations that are going to be humble enough to listen to each other and i love it i love it we don't know how to talk to each other anymore so it was nice to see that that they were able to pull that out so i will give the dodgers credit for that there you go and then as soon as we kind of resolve that little controversy now all of a sudden targets in the middle of a fray what's going on with that i'm so tired i am just so tired target is removing this is the headline target is removing some pride items in certain locations after threats were made to their employee safety so i'm of two minds i thank you for worrying about your employees but let's get oh and also what they don't tell you to read the article is these are in stores I'm sorry. It's just what it said. This is the fact across the South. Oh, I'm so surprised. And what was going on, like, like uh, toddlers throwing tantrums, people would be going in yelling at employees when they would see, because they have the pride displays, they've done this forever, and they will take the displays and throw them on the ground and then, like a little toddler throwing a tantrum, and then uh, yell at the employees and threaten them. This is... Uh, I admit it. Yes, you're right. It's, it's scary. They were even, I think they got really mad because their uh, Target this year did a uh, trans-friendly swimsuit line. They called it tuck-friendly and all of that. And, well, that was just too far. You know, that's basically these, these people running around. And so Target has pulled, now they, they say they still stay committed to the LGBT community. They get a lot of money from us because they have been supporting us every Pride for so long. So they're not fully, but they're still, they're taking away the trans-friendly stuff because we, you know, we, and I, I don't agree with that, but that's what's happening all across the South. Let me see. Our, and Target says, our focus now is on moving forward with our continuing commitment to the LGBTQIA plus community and standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. First of all, are you though? Thank you for standing with part of it. You know what I mean? It's like, but we can't pick and choose. And if you let them, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. So, and I'm, I am, did you, so I was just going through some of, some of Target stuff. I do have to say that although I am not a lesbian, I need this, this hanging on my wall. They did this thing that says live, laugh, lesbian. And I'm like, oh, that's my new motto. I want to live, laugh, lesbian. So that's still there. They still have, you know, they, they are great. They must have a really good queer team because they're great at putting humor and being part of us instead of humor that separates us. Um, right. But to me, this isn't acceptable. All they're saying right now is that they are making adjustments. Well, your adjustment should be add some security cards, security guards and keep the celebration of pride. That to me is the only, and shame on those idiots who are, who are there, you know, uh, threatening employees? Like, what, what has happened to this world that that is acceptable? Like, can we not just agree and disagree? But we can't. Look at 
Budweiser and all of these, you know, but we can't let them win. Companies need to stand strong. Already it's problematic for some of these corporations to say that they're gay friendly for a week out of, or just maybe if we're lucky, the whole month of June. But at the same time, can we like grow some balls, you know, and just stick, just stick to it. Who doesn't love some sticky balls? I'm just saying. So <laughs> exactly. And that's honestly been one of my issues I've talked about for the last eight years is I am always on the fence on celebrating these companies that come out once a month for pride. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's gone the rest of the year. It's like, do we only buy swimsuits for one month or one week out of the year. It, um, yeah. I don't understand and why he- we don't have an entire section all year long. Thank you. And Thank here's you. what I say. You know what? There's plenty of local companies that need our dollars. So maybe maybe we go spend it and get our, our pride outfits and regalia at those and stop supporting corporations that in the end, when push comes to shove, don't seem to want to support us. You know what I mean? Right. We're expendable. And I think that's just a horrible, you know, thing to go on. But just my exactly. thoughts. Exactly. And I'm one of those gays that remember when Ellen brought that little Target cutie shopper boy on her show just to, oh my Target God. was our friends. Remember that? <laughs> I do. And it was exciting. Listen, <laughs> I say Target can redeem themselves just like the Dodgers did, but let's see them do it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yep. Agreed. Love it. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, one of the exciting things that I did read about the other day is um, you guys have been celebrating it on social media. I've been talking about Harvey Milk's birthday this past week. Yes. Um, a huge figure in our LGBTQ community in yeah. San Francisco. For those that don't know Harvey's story, there's a whole movie on it. Why aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And it's an amazing movie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so many great actors. Yeah. From Sean Penn to... Um, Dust, uh, Lance, Dust, Dustin Lance. Yeah, Black, who wrote That's it. Him. Yeah, oh who's married God, to yeah. the wonderful diver Tom Daly. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he actually uh, was a San Francisco supervisor, the first openly elected gay man in San Francisco, yep. gay anybody in San Francisco. Right. For their supervisors. And San Francisco's broken down. That's what their city council's like, these yeah. supervisors in different sections. And he was one of the. Um, the first and only gay uh, person at that time. And he has, he was loud and proud back in 1979 yeah. when he got elected. And he got the very first non-discrimination bill of San Francisco passed by 11 to one. There was 12 right. supervisors, 11 to one it passed. The one that did not vote for it ended up, assassinating both Harvey Milk and the mayor who signed the bill. So um, very, he's turned into an icon in the community. When he moved to the community, he opened this camera shop uh, in the Castro area. If you're not familiar with the Castro, that's a very gay area in San Francisco. Very gay. And um, he opened his camera shop there. It had an apartment above it and he lived there. And ever since his death, they've kind of tried to keep it, as queer centric as possible exactly um, through different things they had to try to honor his memory. They've had a little picture of him waving from his apartment above ever since one of his little cardboard cutouts, which I thought was cute. Very. Uh, I've seen it as I've gone by Um, HRC um, human rights commission went into the space for about 10 years. It was a little controversial just because they were selling Harvey milk t-shirts and things and fundraising. And people was like, 
I don't know if I want to make money off his name quite that way. Right. But, I mean, HRC does such great things that they got a little bit of a pass, but it was yeah. still a little controversy for 10 years. But now they've been trying to keep it queer-centric, and they've kind of made it a pop-up art space now where you can rent the space out and use it for different things. I thought that was a great idea. Very. Yeah. And what is so great about Harvey Milk, which is why, I mean, all of so many groups have been celebrating him, but was we were more than happy. First of all, he says some of the greatest quotes, but he pushed hope. And in times like these, that's a very hard commodity uh, to have. And so he was, and he, it was way worse when he was, you know, in office and he was pushing hope all the time, always wanted the young people to find hope. And then one of the things that he, he did was because he was so out and proud and that was not normal in politics or in his position was encouraging people to come out every day. He wanted the lawyers and the dentists and the, you know, the every man to stand up and say, I'm queer because he knew it would make a difference if we all stood up because he knew there was way more of us than were than we were letting on. And he knew the power. And so I've had so much respect for him. Uh, you know, I can't imagine what would have happened had he not been assassinated. Um, he was such a movement unto himself. And, uh, you know, a lot has happened because of him. But just imagine what else could have, you know. Right. Yeah. And as you said, representative representation matters. Yeah. Um, in, in every walk of life, not just in your supervisors and city council. I mean, we're learning it on school boards these days with everything happening, Ooh, book banning and exactly. curriculum going there. We need to have representation everywhere. And yeah. Harvey was so great at that, saying, speak your truth. Beyond. He had a great saying that I didn't write down. I'm very mad at myself. <laughs> but it was just a very powerful, it's like, don't take shit. Be yourself and exactly. do it. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Because someone asked me, uh, I get asked every week because of uh, being on a, you know, going, we're going to be on stage for 10 hours, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, aren't, are you afraid? And I'm like, always in the back of your head, you have what could be, but we don't have time to be afraid. And also nothing gets done if we let the fear lock me in my house. And trust me, I am introverted at heart and would love to do that, but we just can't afford it. So there's no time for fear. You can be wise, but there's no time for fear. And if Harvey taught us nothing, it was that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, this is a great time of year. I love celebrating Harvey and I love remembering why these people are important in, in, our, in our history overall, but in our queer history for sure. Have you been to San Francisco much? Only a couple times from when I lived down th down in L.A. Okay. Talk about an, uh, a, one of the only cities that's even harder to afford is San Francisco, but it's amazing. It is, uh, and if I if I was in tech and made a bazillion and one dollars, I'd live there for sure. <laughs> I love that. I think you have to know somebody who knows it first. It's very yeah. hard to get around if you're an outsider. Yes. I mean, my first time I went there, I think I spent 20 minutes there and I left because I was so intimidated by the city. <laughs> but uh, I, I I did end up falling in love with it once I kind of got shown. Very shown much. And go during, you know, Castro days or any of the, and uh, I'm just saying it's a good time. Daniel, are you listening? You should try it. It's good for you. It's yeah, eye-opening. <laughs> For the very least. Go, Daniel. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a fun time had by all. Yes. I also want to talk about another great figure, Chastin Buttigieg, who was just such a prolific spokesperson for his husband, Pete, when Pete was running for president. Yep. He offered the humor. He offered the, the realness. I mean, candidate... 
Pete is obviously, once we've got to know him, he's a very laid back, staid, military type guy. And Chaston was that breath of fresh air that we always yes, have, right? exactly. And he has written this book that he's currently on a book tour for, and I'm very excited. Uh, it's called, uh, I'm trying to find the name of it real quick. Uh, I can almost, um, I can almost see it in my head. Let me see if I can help. I have it written down, but I just don't. <laughs> it's here. a good book. I can tell you it's that. It's a darn good book. He's I'll going on a great, right, exactly. And he's going on that great tour. It is I called. I have something to yes, tell you. Yes, there it is. I have something to tell you. <laughs> and what we're talking about from Harvey, we all have something to tell yeah. someone there. But I am excited because he is bringing this book tour to Cleveland on June 9th. So I'm going to spend oh, you lucky my man. Pride, one of my pride days speaking with Chaston. So I'm very excited about that. I am I'm so talk- jealous and excited for you all at once. I, I was honored to have Pete on when he was running for president. He was on my show. We did a one hour interview and it was just amazing. Oh um, my God. It was right before he really hit big on the campaign trail. And we had talked uh, on his very early day of the campaign, spoke for an hour, got to talk to him, talked about Chaston. He wasn't on wow. it. I got to see their campaign headquarters. I did a road trip from Ohio to California, stopped in Indiana wow. and saw the campaign headquarters. Wow. So I was a very big part of his campaign. That's amazing. And, but never got to know Chaston until I read this book. Right. And this book talks about not only the relationship, not only Chaston's journey, but a lot about Chaston's beginning his history because we knew that he was bullied as a kid. His yep. family didn't accept him in Michigan yeah. that much. And this book has some amazing stories on his overcoming um, so many obstacles and how pride came to him. One of the things I ask my guests all the time is, where did you find your tribe? And oh, that's amazing. That in this book. Oh, I, I need, that's one of my yeah. main questions for everybody, because yeah. I think we all have such a journey, yeah. right? Coming out to ourselves, coming out to others, and then really. trying to find a tribe to work with, right? Right. So it's always... I always say there's at least three steps of coming out, if not more. True statement. But Chaston answers it so great in this book. He talks about becoming a parent. They have these two wonderful little kids. The twins. Uh, but I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Can you believe it? How cute is that? And I think it's amazing because they do such a good job at just being a family. They don't, they don't try. They just are who they are. And given I, both of them are uh, both Pete and, and Chaston are so well-spoken and you know, people are trying to take them down in every interview, I swear. And they're both so good. And I, I, I had read something about Chaston saying um, he was fine, always standing up for him and his husband. It's when people started bringing the kids into it, that this was not okay with him. Right. Yeah, and so I I love seeing them as a family. It's just amazing. They they inspire me. Yeah, yeah. They really do. I mean, like you said, it's it's not just, they have the kind of I guess the nuclear political family, right? Where yeah. Pete is going out and doing all the politics, and Chaston's like, we're not going to go there. We're going to keep this away from our kids. Yeah, we're going to have our family time. We're going to have you and me time. I love that the right would give them shit for actually taking parental leave and spending time with their kids. And how many times did Pete put them in their place? It's my favorite kind of things to watch. It it makes right. me, yeah. They try to get them on every, or he took his husband on one of the political trips, just like every other person would take their wife. And boy, he just calls calls them on the carpet. 
I, and that's the other thing that's amazing about them. And he takes it to them. I mean, he goes on Fox News more than yes. yeah. the commentators. He's not afraid to take him no. on because he knows he has that ammunition in his back Which pocket is, and he yeah. can speak circles around. Which is why I'm just saying I think he needs to be president. I'm just saying he needs to run for president and let's just put him in office. I'm good with it. I'm fine. If he's not our first gay president, I don't know who would be a better Thank choice, you. right? Agreed. Uh, Agreed completely. Yeah. All right. So get that book. Um, yes. Again, it's called I Have Something to Tell You by Chastin Buttigieg. And just an amazing story of perseverance and going from having a very rough childhood to coming out. It's perfect for Pride Month. And yeah. so excited. And he's he's on this tour. So check your uh, check your city. You don't know. But one of the things he's committed with this tour is to go to the cities that you wouldn't expect a, a story or a book like this to come. Um, I love that he's doing that, going right into the heart of where it gets kind of shady. So, um, yeah, so, you know, Mayor Pete, I just want to say Spokane needs you. But There you go. But way it, to go, Cheston, for doing that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And just what you said, I think he's bringing it to one place in Detroit that your Patriot guys or Proud Boys right. or something just picketed for Drag Story Hour two months ago. Exactly. He's making that at one of his stops on his tour. So I love that. Him for that. Yeah, exactly. Very, so perfect. Very cool. well, let's go from yay, goody two shoes <laughs> back to um, our, our favorite state, Florida. Uh -huh. By the time we... This airs. We probably have DeSantis throwing his hat in the ring. Well, he already did today. It's done deal. Okay. He's thrown it in. Okay. He chose to use Twitter to throw it in because, you know, he has Elon Musk's support. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> but, yeah, he officially did it today. So I threw up, lost a few pounds. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. Because his state is the scary. Did you see? I think it was Monday, maybe, NAACP. Uh, calling for a travel advisory for Florida right. because it's so dangerous for so many minority groups. Listen, I don't know what he's doing over there. We don't need that in the whole country. So. No, 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 you don't. No. I mean, and he's got people like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union moving back to California because they right? have a daughter that's trans. Yep. And, I mean, you can make bank in Florida. They have all these great tax laws. I could see a lot right? of reasons to live in Florida, but. It's not a safe place for LGBTQ. I know. How dare he miss, you know, uh, put a smudge on our Golden Girls? How dare he do that? The Golden Girls exactly. are what? There are queer icons that they loved Florida, and he's ruining it. Yeah. Can you imagine if they were still around, what they would be doing right now? Oh, my God. <gasps> we would have a reunion just for this. Oh, it makes me, it breaks my heart, but I'd love to see what Blanche has to say, or Dorothy. She would not mince words. <laughs> I have gotten very lucky on my show to become good friends with Stan Zimmerman, who wrote the first oh, season yeah. of Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, I, I would love to have, see them do something right? with what they would be doing. Because I know they right have the, the, drag, uh, the drag version that's doing so well on stages oh, across yeah. the country. So I want to, let's just write an episode, guys, of the drag version. Let's talk about this. Because, oh, yeah. Well, uh, oh, as you mentioned, Florida's getting very messy. And we already know the Don't Say Gay. And I swear every week they expand Don't Say Gay. Like eventually, like adults aren't going to be able to have any freedom to say right. gay. Um, I feel really bad because one of the stories that came out uh, is of this teacher in Florida who they were having testing. And so we all remember testing back in school. 
your class is not normal. And so she only has half her class. So she has to find a way. She can't have a real lesson plan. So she has to, um, she has to, you know, entertain these kids. So she chooses a Disney movie, which let's just say Florida is in war with Disney. So, you know, probably should have known. And she chooses to show the Disney movie Strange World, which has the very first openly gay character. That is a main character. What an exciting thing. Well, some Karen in the school board got got really mad and reported her to the Board of Education, and she has since been suspended because she showed a movie. She, she's saying, hey, and it's a right-wing uh, board, board member, not shocking, and she, the teacher is saying, hey, everybody signed a permission slip. All the parents signed a permission slip, and that permission slip said, I can show PG movies in my classroom. But of course, they're saying, yes, but this has a gay character. So that's where we have to draw the line. So now this poor teacher can't, none of the teachers in, in Florida can, can really teach. It needs to be, no. you know, you are a babysitter, which is what this teacher was saying. You're a babysitter and you can't connect to your kids. We did a sketch on our radio show about what it's like to have to teach with all the rules now um, because it's so insane and so there is no resolution what makes me i hate a story without a resolution i enjoy a good story there is no resolution right now because florida is the bully right now and it's winning left and right they're trying to make it hard for disney to exist there are they're putting uh, tax violations on disney just i don't know what his end goal what's his end game here does he think there's enough people who are going to go oh that's what we want for our country you know, let me make Florida the worst, like no one's allowed to be themselves here. And I have to, some part of me, maybe naive, has to believe that really, if push comes to shove, we really don't want that for our country. Right. You know what I mean? It, he has gone 20 steps too far. I mean, look, this is the man who only got elected because Trump supported him. And now he's stabbing Trump in the back and trying to take his thing. Neither of them need to be anywhere near a microphone. You know what I mean? It's so, exactly. it's, Florida is, is terrifying. I won't go near, I won't go near Florida or Texas currently. They're both so dangerous for queer people, you know? They really are. I mean, and culture wars, unfortunately, people can win on them, but it's, it's, not, it's not a pretty win if, it, no. if there is one. Uh, and I think that's, it brings such larger conversations like electoral college and you have oh my God, yeah. 13 people in South Dakota that are exactly. giving so many votes to somebody the same as it's why they do all the uh, gerrymandering and moving of district lines. And it's the, it's a game that, n that the citizen never wins in. We will never right. win as they play their political game. You know, it's all about winning and not about representing your constituents. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So that just made me sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's finish up on a couple entertainment things, yes. um, and we'll we'll have a little fun here. I, I always like to talk about coming things that are coming up. I mean, this has been a great month. We had Queer Eye debut. We have yes. Sykes special debut. Yes. Um, all sorts of great things like that. There's a couple things coming up at the end of the month uh, and next month I want to talk about. One, my whole show was founded on entertainment and foodies because. As we said, I'm a little larger, bit of a bear man here. <laughs> and so they have a brand new show coming to Hulu 
called Drag Me to Dinner, mm-hmm. where they're doing a competition of drag queens that put on the most fabulous dinner parties. Exactly. Um, it's being uh, executive produced by David Burke and Neil Patrick Harris, uh, a phenom couple. Which I love. Uh, Bianca, Bianca Del Rio as a judge. I mean, <laughs> she could read them to filth. Yes. Uh, they have an amazing New York drag king uh, working as host. And it's just going to, it looks like so much fun. Doesn't it? I think it's going to be. Oh, and it's on a major streaming service. Hulu, of course, like you said, which is a big deal. You know, this isn't our, what is anymore the new version of primetime, you know, to go there. So listen, we, you know, we're all dying, especially the gays. We're all dying to see Bianca judge some people, but I also love because aren't they, aren't the, the, the duos, the drag Queens, aren't they actually like cooking and trying to throw this party Right, they are. They're in. They're in teams of two trying to win against each other. Right, and they they get a space and they have to decorate the space. They have to make a theme and cook dinner with that theme. See, and they have to present the party to it. Because listen, and I love. I, I think Alaska's on it. I mean, they have some prominent queens that are that are coming to Manila, Luzon. All these very fancy queens. And let's be honest, I'm like. A lot of these queens are really good at putting the face on, but I can't wait to see them try to cook. Cause a lot of oh my goodness, can you imagine? Right, to have to organize and get a party started. First of all, on time. Let's talk about drag time. I'm so excited to see what what disasters happen. <laughs> oh God, we got um, Willem is going to be on it, and right? I think uh, it's it's going to be crazy. I love I'm Willem. Messy. If nothing, it's going to get shady and messy because here comes Willem, and I love that. So I'm and excited. Jinx, who is just Jinx is everywhere these days. Oh, I'm so, so happy. Yes, Doctor Who. I, I mean, know. she is not Chicago. messing around. Yeah, it's celebrated not. for her Chicago run. I mean, she nailed it. Chicago is known to do stunt casting, which is let's just get a name. We don't care who they are. They're only going to be a few weeks. They'll get some people in the doors. And then Jinx comes along as a stunt cast and blows it out of the water. Right. And I think oh. that's so exciting. And I love anything Neil Patrick Harris and his husband do. I'm down. You know what's going to be, if nothing else, well put together and classy. So... I've been fans of theirs for such a long time because they're so creative and they're so fun. I remember that um, I think David put together some kind of a scavenger hunt for Neil, like in six different cities, including Disneyland's and different things. David is a a master chef and throws some amazing dinner parties from what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, He was just just so much fun. And he just finished uh, starring on Broadway. I'm like, does this couple not ever like they don't stop. You know, they're both these amazing award winning actors that you have them. Like you said, the master chef, it makes me feel very unaccomplished. (laughs) I know. Right. I know. I try not to compare, but I do get a right? little jealous. I exactly. I, I am excited. You know, he uh, Neil Patrick Harris even has, Harris has a, uh, you can get a newsletter from him every month and he writes it all himself. You can get magic tricks come in that because we all know he loves magic tricks. David doesn't right. necessarily. And so I'm excited to see what they do with this uh, Hulu show of theirs. It's going to be good. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just really looking forward to it. 
And, and they're like I said, they're both such good filmmakers. And I wanted to also bring up, um, I've been very lucky. I get a lot of these little flyers of things all the time. And um, I'm getting uh, Savannah International Film Festivals coming. Yes. Up. And they have um, one of the groups, there's Savannah College of Art and Design, mm-hmm. GAD. They are putting together part of this. They've been doing this film fest for 25 years now. And they have teamed with Amazon Films to create a scholarship where if all these young filmmakers present their films 40 minutes or less, Amazon is giving a $10,000 first prize to That's the filmmaker who wins and a $5,000 second prize. Wow. Um, but it needs to be an LGBT filmmaker and is, a queer-themed yeah. film. That is an amazing opportunity. You know how many filmmakers are out there, and especially in telling a queer storyline. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah, Amazon's it's, been very uh, supportive. Exactly. Yeah, I think all the streamers have in some way or another, yeah. so it's really nice to see. Right. And my, our last story, I'll talk about Netflix. Netflix is having... One of the queer shows I've seen advertised <laughs> in quite a while, uh, based in the makeup industry. Yep. And it's going to be pretty. Uh, speaking of stunt casting, I mean, they have Kim Cattrall yeah. from Sex in the City. Exactly. Uh, they have Zane Phillips, who, if you don't know Zane from Fire Island, and he was oh, on I forgot. Legacies from the Vampire Diaries series. Legacies. He played a gay character in that openly gay actor, Zane yeah. Phillips, who was. I mean, he just did an interview the other day, and I couldn't see his screen because of his bicep. It just oh, I love amazing. it. Oh. Uh, uh, let's just uh, interview his bicep. I mean, who needs <laughs> who needs to move the camera up? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just amazing. And they're going to have – it's going to be almost like a fire iron when you're going to have Joel Kim Boos. Wow. Oh, I and, love him. Um, oh, it's going to be – and such great cast doing parts. It's a 10-part series yeah. based on this – um, dynasty-esque makeup fortune and featuring a gender-neutral character, uh, Marco, that's this up-and-coming uh, singer on YouTube fame that got picked to be this main wow. character, Marco. And uh, he's just going to be this gender-fluid person learning his way in the makeup industry with Kim Cattrall as the big boss. I'm excited and- for that. I miss her in Sex and the City, so it's nice when she comes back. You know, because right. she's great. She's amazing. Also, isn't it interesting? <laughs> you were talking about that storyline. Where was social media when we were young? We would be so famous right now. I'm telling you, right? I'm like, we wow. Would, yeah, we could have we, we could have be been on viral. Every Wheaties box on the Pride Pride Month at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shelves. Pride. Well, even if we had to just paste our pictures, we'll just go through each supermarket, paste our own pictures on there. Exactly. Well, and like and the pedigree of this gorgeous, glamorous, it's called glamorous on Netflix. Yep. The pedigree, Damon Wayans of all people is one of the executive producers and I just don't see I didn't him know that. In an LGBTQ specific, yeah, and along Wait. with uh, his partner Jordan Nardino who actually yeah. wrote all 10 episodes. Well, speaking of Damon Wayans, do you remember in Living Color? Remember remember hated it. So he he has a little bit, you know, he knew about us queers way back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So maybe that's his connection. Well, I think that's all the news that's fit to print on this Rainbow Rundown. It's been so much fun being able to talk to somebody about it. We're going to have to do this again yes. real soon. We've talked about your hosting Pride coming up June yes. 10th. 
What other things are happening as far when do you release your new episodes? Let everyone so we about your station. Right. We release every Tuesday and we are always doing fun stuff. So you can catch the video and the the audio version of our shows every Tuesday at thequeercentric.com. Um, find us on all your socials and like us because as we call me in this game, I'm a media whore. So please <laughs> validate me for doing that. But we also do like fun little videos. We're just releasing um we're doing top five lists. So I do top five, uh, you know, things that creep me out. Top five men's underwear fashions that I agree with and don't agree with because you want to know what I think. I mean, you need my exactly. approval. Yeah. So we do. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be releasing sketches again. And so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So be sure to check us out. Uh, give these two other people in the room something to do. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Got to keep our interns busy. And You know, uh, it's important. It's important. Well, yeah, your exactly. show is like my goal now. You just know so many people. You have done great interviews with so many people. So when I grow up, I will be you. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. I've gotten very lucky. Um, and like we said, back when we started out, the internet and social media was nothing, right? right? So back in my day, when I started eight years ago, I would just DM somebody and say, hey, I think you're queer and I'm having a queer show. Why don't you come on? Exactly. Say, sure. Nobody else will promote me. I'm a gay actor, actress, director. So and true. I was able to get all these great. That's how I got right? Del Shores. That's how I got oh, I love Sam him. Zimmerman. That's yeah. how I got so many great. I, Margaret Cho's been on my show four times. Oh, right? I love her. Yes. Just, She's a great people, interview. Uh, Oh, we never talked about David Archuleta, too. I want to give you a chance. Oh, to talk listen, we'll because... talk. This this kid, I'm sure most people know he was on uh, season seven of uh, American Idol. He was just a 16-year-old. We all, all of us gay people knew he was a little gay boy. He was not out at that time. And he had the stage father and everything. He's uh comes from a Mormon family. Well, he came out in 2001, and it was a rough go, like, he would do a concert in Utah, you know, the home of a lot of Mormons, and they were not very nice to him. So he would do concerts where people would walk out. And so he's always been a sweet, sensitive kid. Well, he got this opportunity to go on The Masked Singer. And I have to admit, I'm not normally someone who makes time to watch that show. I just have not had an interest. But he was in this last se or the season that just ended, he was on it and he played the macaw and he made it right up to the very final episode. And all I have to tell you is go back and watch all of his performances over. Now that you know, the macaw is him, go watch everything. You cannot, you can't tell me you're not going to get chills. It like made me all teary to watch his, uh, him finding his confidence again in his performance. And he says it now that actually being behind the mask of the macaw gave him the ability to realize why he loved to perform because he had lost it. Right. And I love that he's found it. He is phenomenal. Go watch all of his. I mean, he covered, he covered Celine Dion. He finished with all by myself was his big one. He did Elton John. Um, so many amazing songs that he, he even did one direction for people who were into one direction. And he did all of it in his way that, uh, really changed not only, I think, those of us listening and seeing how he did that. Hey, he has a new single coming out on June 1st. So, I mean, he's finally coming into his own, and I'm so excited and celebrate him that he's, he's coming back to what he loves. I follow him on TikTok. He's very entertaining. Please follow him. Um, I just love to support good people who busted their ass 
to to become a phoenix and come back. He his music is amazing. Uh, the new single on June first is called Up. So I. I just, I just wanted, I told you right away, that was the first story I could think of that I wanted to talk about, only because his journey is crazy. He, he's relevant, he's music today, and he's also the embodiment of what so many of us go through. And so, I mean, he's only been out two years. You go, he finally realizes he deserves to be authentic, authentically who he is. So, and he's just a little cutie. Like, I just want to take him under my wing. Just may, He's my like son that I didn't know I had. I love him. He is absolutely adorable, and I wanted to make sure we took the time to thank you because I, I did. I watched that show. It's one of the shows. Yeah. It's a guilty pleasure for me, and his journey was amazing on there. He's got an entire album coming out right now. I he know. Actually, yeah. his publicist is actually the publicist for Margaret and for yep. Belinda Carlisle. So yes. Ex- oh, give me some Belinda and, Carlisle. Uh, Love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so excited for David. So that's very, oh, very cool. Yeah. And I really, I think we as the queer community need to rally around these artists that are part of our community, trying to put out some good, solid art. So definitely. I like it. Yes. All right. Well, Johnny, very, very, very happy to have you on the show. So We're much have fun. To do this again sometime. Yes. We'll have to give each other five questions and five uh, facts that would be fun we'll do it to each other here i am we'll down do each other right on the air. <laughs> no, see everybody will tune in now yeah exactly i mean right? so <laughs> i think this has been so much fun thanks for putting up with my crazy uh for for the hour it, it was worth it and a lot of fun well thank you thanks for everyone in the background there over at the queer centric we really appreciate everything you guys do Woo-hoo! thank you And we will be back next Monday with another episode of The Rainbow Rundown. You're listening to the Leftist Radio Show right here on the Leftist Radio Network. Have a great day, everyone.